Go with me to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to talk about an instance uh, and uh, a man that is revealed here in Luke 2 after the birth of Christ. You say, Christian, don't you realize it's already the new year, January 3rd? Yes, I'm aware of that. But I wanted us to look at this man and learn some lessons from his remarkable life and the remarkable testimony that the Lord gives here. And his name is common among those who would have been alive in the days of Christ there in Jerusalem. His name is Simeon. I call Simeon a man with a common name, but he was an uncommon man. And we're going to find out why Simeon was an uncommon man, why he was an uncommon person. There was something unique about him, certain characteristics about his life, his piety, his godliness that really marked him. And he stood out because of that. And I wonder, do you stand out because of your godliness? Do I stand out because of my testimony, my integrity, my godliness? Look with me in chapter 2 of Luke's gospel. Verse 22 tells us, When the days of Mary's purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they, Mary and Joseph, brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present Jesus to the Lord. Now, I, I, I love that statement. <laughs> they came to dedicate, according to Leviticus uh, chapter 12, verses 2 and 6, they came to dedicate their firstborn son to the Lord. And it just so happened that their firstborn son, or this firstborn son, was God in the flesh. So they came to dedicate this Jewish baby to God the Father. As it is written in the law of the Lord, verse 23, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And verse 24, they came to offer a sacrifice according to that that is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, verse 25, this introduces us to Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the encouragement of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. What in the world would have comforted Israel? Why did Israel need comfort? Well, obviously we know that they needed the comfort and the help and the grace and the encouragement brought by the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah. The Bible tells us in verse 25 that Simeon longed for. He was earnestly desiring to see the day when the Messiah was going to be born, arrive on the scene, and bring to Israel what Israel so desperately needed. And that was his passion, his desire. And then verse 25 says, The Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him, Simeon, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before or until he had seen the Lord's Christ, or the Lord's Messiah, or the Messiah of God. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, was led by the Holy Spirit 
into the temple just at the right time. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then Simeon took Jesus up in his arms. It literally means there, that phrase means that he cradled Jesus in his arms, in the crook of his arm. Just like someone would tenderly nestle a baby in their arms. That's what Simeon did for Jesus. He took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of Simeon. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, Jesus' mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. He's speaking this to Mary, saying, Mary, there's going to come a day when your son is going to definitely be controversial and he will bring division. He will divide the believer from the unbeliever. He will divide the true from the fake and the false. Some will use Jesus as an occasion to stumble. He will be a stumbling block to some who are bent on their own self-righteousness and bent on their own way. But to others who trust, to others who believe, to others who repent, He will be their uprising. They will rise because of Him. Isn't it interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is so controversial that those who choose to reject Him will stumble and fall? But if you simply choose to believe that He is who God says He is, that that will be your, your salvation. Those who reject Christ will stumble and fall. Those who receive Christ and the free gift of grace by faith and repentance. God said that will turn to be, that will result in their uprising. But He said, I want you to know, Mary, that this is going to come at a cost. Yes, while Jesus, the Messiah, the Redeemer, came to set people free, He will have to pass through the veil of death and sacrifice his life. And when that crucifixion and that death is taking place, Mary, it literally is going to pierce your soul. And we know that that occurred and that happened. Let's talk about this man, Simeon. The uncommon man. So 40 days after Christ was born, in verse 22, we're told that Mary... Uh, Jesus' mother and Joseph, his stepfather, came to the temple to dedicate Jesus just as they were instructed to do in Leviticus 12. 
They were following two laws there. First, they were following the law regarding the purification of the woman and the mother. But then they were following the law regarding the offering or presenting the firstborn male child to the Lord. Verse 24 tells us that their offering of two turtle doves or two young pigeons reveals the fact that Joseph and Mary were among the lower class of society. Now there's a lot of speculation as to this man Simeon, his ancestry or his place in Jewish history. Some believe that he was the son of a man named Hillel. Hillel was one of the most celebrated philosophers and doctors of the law in Jewish history since the time of Moses. And some scholars say that that Simeon was Hillel's son. Some say that Simeon was the father of the noted Jewish teacher Gamaliel. Gamaliel, the teacher of Saul, later Paul. It's believed by some that Simeon was the current leader of the Sanhedrin at the time. But the truth is we don't know that for sure. Really, there's a lot of uncertainty about the man. No doubt there were several men in Jerusalem at that time named Simeon, since that was a common name in Israel. But the Holy Ghost clarifies which one this is. He had a common name, but he possessed uncommon character. You see, Simeon, the name literally means hearing Some scholars say this refers to God hearing him in prayer. And some say it refers to him hearing God. And I think with this particular man that it literally applies to both. Simeon was able to hear from God during a time or an age in Israel's history when God had been silent for the better part of 400 years. And Simeon heard from the Lord. And we know that God certainly heard the longing of Simeon's heart to see the Messiah before his own death. And so notice four things quickly with me tonight about this uncommon man named Simeon. Notice first of all, gang, that he exuded an uncommon piety. He exuded, he demonstrated an uncommon piety piety, or genuine spirituality. In verse 25, he's referred to as being a just man, a righteous man. Adam Clark said that uh, he steadily regulated all his conduct by the law of God. Leon Morris described uh, this word and said it signifies that he behaved well toward other people. Not only before the Lord was he viewed as righteous, but in the eyes of others. Uh, He not only had a good reputation, he had good character. Not only a, a, a good testimony, but his integrity was right. You see, your reputation and mine is what other people know us to be. Our integrity is what God knows us to be. And Simeon was right before God and he was right in his testimony before other people. The word devout is used in the word here. Uh, He was devout. He was fully consecrated, fully devoted to God. 
He was of good report. Uh, he was busy and dedicated to spiritual activity or spiritual purposes, outwardly and inwardly. He sought to honor God and was known by that testimony. His walk matched his talk. His reputation was consistent with reality. Simeon was not one thing around the temple and another thing in private. He wasn't one thing around one group of people and another thing around another group. No, Simeon was consistent in his character and in his integrity. He exuded an uncommon piety. The verse says, verse 25, that the Holy Ghost was upon him. Uh, he was a spirit-filled man, a spirit-controlled, a spirit-governed man. Uh, the implication here is that the Holy Spirit was upon him continually. By the way, that was a rare reality before Acts chapter 2. This shows uh, pre-Pentecost empowering that the Holy Spirit was controlling Simeon's heart and mind. A.T. Robertson, that Greek scholar, said that Simeon is representative of real piety in this time of spiritual dearth and deadness. He was certainly different than most people in his culture uh, in that he showed a real godliness and was truly in tune with the Lord. And I have a question tonight, dear friends. Can the same be said about you and I? And here's the lesson. Uh, in a day of spiritual darkness, compromise, and half-heartedness, and boy, don't we see that all over the church and the church world today. Being salt and light means living genuinely righteous lives before God and others. Genuine righteousness. So I ask again, friend, as the Holy Spirit takes His Word and His truth, are you living a genuine life tonight before the Lord and before others? Are you true blue or are you hypocritical? Is there some fakeness? Or are you living out, as the New Testament word, an unfeigned faith? An unhypocritical faith? Is there genuineness to your life, spiritually speaking? So we see that he exuded an uncommon piety, but verse 25 and 26 says that he exemplified an uncommon Patience. This is interesting to me. Notice uh, verse 25 says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. It was revealed to him, verse 26, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. So here he is. Uh, we're not 100% sure how old Simeon was. But the Bible says he was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to see the Messiah born. To see with his own eyes. He said, I want you to know I have visually seen the Lord's salvation. But we don't know how long he had to wait. Some of you are in circumstances right now and there's a need or a situation and man, you've prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God day after day, month after, maybe year after year, you've asked God for a certain answer or a certain move by His hand or some tangible request. 
You've not gotten a response from the Lord yet about that. You've not gotten a breakthrough. The circumstances haven't changed. I want you to know that God wants you and I to wait and wait patiently before Him. Uh, The word waiting there in verse 26, uh, verse 25 means that he was waiting with patience and with confidence that he believed God. He knew God made him a promise. But he didn't know when it was going to occur. He exemplified an uncommon patience. The lesson uh, that we see in these verses is he who waits on God loses no time. (laughs) And so we come to a third truth, and that is that Simeon experienced an uncommon privilege. Verse 26 says that he was waiting to see the Messiah. Verse 27, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when he encountered Jesus, he saw the parents of uh, Mary and Joseph. Then verse 28, he took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God. And says, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for now mine eyes have seen your salvation. Matthew Poole said that God, by the Holy Spirit, gave Simeon this special revelation as the reward of his faith and in answer to his prayers that he should see Christ born. God did give him a special revelation and a special promise. Isn't it interesting that God led him to the temple just at the right time by the Holy Spirit? (laughs) the very time when Jesus was being dedicated by Joseph and Mary. And then God allowed him this privilege to hold the baby Jesus in his arms. Think about that moment. I wonder sometimes when we hold babies, you know, they have obviously a certain odor and aroma. But I wonder if he ever uh, took uh, Jesus and just smelled his head and the top of his head. (laughs) I don't know. But he held him in his arms and he looked at him and stared at him. God had allowed him to be the one to actually dedicate the baby to God. In verse 29, he was saying, okay, Lord, I'm ready to die now. My life is complete. Notice what it was, gang, that made Simeon's life complete. Wasn't a trip, wasn't a vacation of a lifetime, it wasn't a promotion, it wasn't a raise, it wasn't a new contract, it wasn't a bigger house, it wasn't a newer car, it wasn't the adoration and admiration of people. No, no, no. Uh, There was only one thing on Simeon's bucket list, and that was to see Jesus. Now he says, all right, I've seen Jesus. How better could it get than that? I'm ready to die now question for you. What one thing do you desire more than any other? (laughs) David said in Psalm 24 verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire, inquire of His temple. Literally David was saying the only thing I want to do is to behold the beauty and glory of the Lord for Him to be very real to me. Man, I want to share in that desire. In Luke 10, verse 42, 
Jesus says to Martha about Mary, says, but this one thing is needful, but Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus was saying literally, Martha, the one thing you need is the one thing Mary has chosen, and that's to sit in worship and fellowship at my feet. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said that his only pursuit was to more fully know Christ in true fellowship and to be more pleasing to Him. What's the point? What's the lesson here? Here's the lesson that may God help you and I to keep our daily walk with Jesus as our highest priority. And then truth number four, as we close tonight, we learn that Simeon expressed an uncommon prophecy. Verse 34, he said to Mary that your baby, your child is set for the fall, literally the crash and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And yes, a sword is going to pierce through your own soul. We see in verse 34 that this prophecy that he gave revealed the polarizing nature of Christ's lordship. This seems to be a reference here in verse 34 to Isaiah 8 verses 14 and 15 which states that the Messiah will be a stumbling block for some, but for others He will be the one who will lift them up and cause them to rise. A.T. Robertson said, Jesus is the magnet of the ages. He draws some and He repels others. He draws those who will trust and believe And He repels those who are obstinate and proud and reject Him as Lord and Savior. Here's the lesson that no man can remain neutral with Jesus. And so we learn that this prophecy also in verse 35 revealed the painful nature of Christ's death. A sword, Mary, is going to pierce your own soul. A statement used in the Greek language to express the most pugnant sorrow, the deepest pain, referring to the anguish Mary must have felt as she watched Jesus suffer on the cross and give His life. A.T. Robertson said, How little did Mary in that moment understand the meaning of Simeon's words that seemed to be so out of place in the midst of a glorious thing already spoken. A sharp thorn in the midst of their roses. And yet the day came, ladies and gentlemen, when 33 years later, Mary fully understood the meaning of Simeon's prophecy. You see, as Leon Morris said, not everything about Christmas is sweetness and light. Jesus was born that He might die. And as we close tonight, never forget this biblical lesson that's all through the gospel. The truth is, never forget that it's still all about the cross. It's all about Christ's sacrifice and His redemption. That's why, friend, that Simeon was an uncommon man. Because of his piety, his prophecy, his privilege that God allowed him to have.
and his heart for the Lord. He knew that this was more than a baby. He knew that that was the Messiah of God who would come as the Lamb of God to redeem the world. May you and I, as salt and light in this culture, stand out like Simeon for the glory of the Lord. May God bless us this week. I'll see you Wednesday night. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to embrace the truth of this text and to live out the example of Simeon in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.